Hi, I'm Katie Zapanta. And I'm Christina Pullen. And we're here to introduce episode 10 of our podcast, Tartans Watch the Watchmen. The title of our podcast comes from a question posed by the 1980s era Watchmen comic series, Who Will Watch the Watchmen? Our answer, Tartans Will Watch the Watchmen. The creator of the original Watchmen comic, Alan Moore, said that this question is part of the overarching theme of the Watchmen series, which is, what are the effects of power upon society? In our final episode, we talk about the power of education. Professor Newman leads us in a discussion of what it was like to create a podcast about HBO's Watchmen. Katie, how has this whole experience been for you? I think it's been a great experience. Um, I was really, really grateful that I didn't have to write a big, long essay at the end of this class. And I think this podcast has created a really great platform for us to have much more in-depth discussions about all of the great intricacies of this show. What about you, Christina? What are your thoughts as we introduce our final episode? My thoughts are very bittersweet. On one side, I'm so glad to be done with my last English credit that I'll need ever to just graduate. And on, a, on the other end, you know, I'm really sad that this is over. Making a podcast has been so fun and I've never done this before. Um, and just being your host and doing the research behind it on a TV show has been really exciting. So I'm really sad that this is our last episode and I hope Professor Newman continues us in the future. I absolutely agree, Christina. Let's hear how our final discussion went for Tartan's Watch the Watchmen. All right, this is our final meeting of our class. I have some questions for those of us that are gathered here today to reflect on our process. And I want to start if I could ask you to go back to the beginning of the semester when you were choosing classes. Uh, maybe uh, maybe over the fall break in 2020. What did you think when you saw the idea that we might create a podcast for the class? What were, uh, who, who here could um, speak up about a first impression you had when you thought, oh, we might create a podcast? And if you could use the raised hand function here, it'll make it easier for me to call on you. Yeah, Mira. Um, I just thought it was such a cool idea. I'd never thought that a class project could be working on a podcast. So it just really fascinated me. That's something that we could be working towards as a class is something so different than what we're used to with all our classes. So that almost is kind of what really drew me to the class is this idea of doing something different and doing like a different kind of collaborative work as our final project for the class. That's great. Did anybody have a similar reaction uh, to Mira? Yeah, Kleitzi, go ahead. Yeah, I definitely had a similar rea uh, reaction. And also, um, I listen to podcasts almost every day. And it seems so cool that I would be able to create something like that and something that other people can listen to. And I also feel like this media form would reach more audience than, um, than articles. So I thought it was a great idea. 
Definitely. And of course, normally when you produce work in an English class, sometimes the only person who reads it is the professor. So this is this is definitely a big a big change from how I have previously designed English classes uh, in the past. Um, Christina, I think I've heard you talk a little bit about being a podcast fan. Uh, did you have any like nervousness or trepidation about going from listening to a podcast to going to creating a podcast? Yeah. So I mean, a couple of things that I was worried about is I've listened to some podcasts that are like kind of boring and just keep rambling on. But this, like after listening to this podcast, I'm so excited because this it looks like a real, looks and sounds like a real podcast. Um, I think the topics are really engaging and the back and forth is really cool. So I think those, that was my main trepidation, I guess. And I thought honestly, the production would be a lot more complicated and I'm sure it is for the, especially the sound design team. I know Katie is like doing a ton of work for this, um, but I thought it was going to be like a lot more hurdles than it was, if that makes sense. Great. Uh, thank you. Um, so just to kind of move forward in, in kind of the timeline of our class, um, I think, Kirabel, you might be the only person who came into the class having already watched the series. So Kirabel, could you compare what it was like to watch the series on your own and what it was like to watch the series in the context of an academic class? Yeah, so uh, the first time I watched the series, I actually was watching it um, as it was being released with a bunch of my classmates uh, at CMU and none of whom were in the class. and initially since I hadn't read the comic uh, and I had only seen the movie like maybe seven years prior it was really confusing um, but coming into it already having like figured out all the twists and turns um, from my first watch I was able to be more analytical um, and think harder about why the show creators were doing certain things uh, the second time around. Yeah, I think that's that was a significant advantage. Could anybody speak to the process of being confused by Watchmen as you were watching it for the first time? Yeah, Max, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the shows that really makes you work for it. Um, it takes you to get into like maybe like two episodes, three episodes until it all starts coming together. Um, and you know that it, it, you know that it's worth it to work for that. Um, and I think that just, that makes watching the show a lot more rewarding and engaging because, you know, you're, you're looking forward to that next step for it all to come together. So that's what makes it like a really interesting show. Yeah, I like that expression that you use that Watchmen really makes us work for it. Um, uh, Clytesy, did you wanna contribute again? Yeah, of course. Um, I because I never saw the comic and I never saw the movie before. So coming in, I have no idea what I'm getting myself into. I only know the trailer. And um, I think the first few episodes were very, very, very confusing to me. Um, but I think it was a very interesting story and that kept me going. That's great. Yeah, it certainly. Um, I have to confess that I almost gave up on Watchmen when I was watching it uh, for just leisure uh, with with my um, with my husband. 
uh, on episode three, that was the episode that really dug into the comic backstory. And I just, I just couldn't get into it, but, but I, I stuck with it and I got over the hump. And I think by the time I got to episode six, which really gives us the backstory of, of hooded justice, that's what made me think, wow, this is a culturally significant document that I think we could use to explore, to talk about really interesting things happening in American culture right now. Um, Ethan, if I could call on you, uh, I think you're someone who comes into Watchmen with a background in the comic. What was it like for you as someone with that background to see HBO's uh, kind of updated sequel uh, to, to the original story? On the one hand, I will admit there was the very juvenile aspect of whenever I was watching, it's like, oh, they did the thing. They did the thing from the comics. <laughs> but the, in, in a more serious way, it, it was interesting to see because I, I never really uh, clicked in my head that Watchmen is the, the original line is pushing 40 years old now. It is not a it is not a recent comic, despite the despite uh, how much influence to the genre. So I was surprised to see where where and which parts of it were updated because I hadn't thought about exactly how dated some parts of the plot line have actually become. So see. So seeing the parts translated for the sequel was, well, it was, an, it was interesting to watch. That's a really good point. Um, you know, I was starting college right around the time that the comic debuted. It was not something that I was aware of at the time. And I have some friends who are in their 30s who this is one of their favorite uh, texts of all time. And they were so excited that I was teaching this class. So it's, it's a text that I think continues to influence over time. You can pick up that comic and it can be new for you, but its political relevance was really uh, to that, that kind of, just as the Cold War was ending, uh, 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 just as right before the Berlin Wall came down, uh, that, that 80s, that mid 80s moment. Um, so I want to hear from uh, a few others of you here that that um, haven't spoken up yet. Um, if you could talk a little bit uh, about uh, the process of doing research, how did you kind of get an idea as you were watching the show and thinking, oh, this is the this is the thing that I really want to get into? Um, and Katie, if I could ask you to speak to that. Um, yeah, I mean, I think in terms of research, it was just kind of following what I was interested in and like not really worrying about how I was going to connect it back to Washman, but just kind of let all of the pieces and connections fall into place um, as I researched. So, yeah, it was really just kind of following what what I wanted to and then uncovering things along the way. And Katie, you are a dramaturgy major. So could you talk a little bit about how you brought some of your skills and interests in, in dramaturgy to, to the process of doing your own work? Well, I mean, dramaturgy is really just exactly what we've been doing in this class. So it's just like analyzing storytelling and how like effective a story is um, through like character and things like that. So, I mean, it's really just been an entire class of training my dramaturgical skills and applying my dramaturgical skills to television. Um, 
but yeah, it really is just things like analyzing story, analyzing character, uh, analyzing the flow of the story and the complexity of it and what kind of messages we're getting at what points of the story. Um, so it's been really applicable to this process. That's great to hear. I think those of us in the English department really treasure uh, whenever we get dramaturgy students in our class, because it seems like you're on the production side of, of what we do as well analytically. So it's, it's, it's really just such a gift for us to have you here. Um, I wanted to uh, call on a few others of you with this question. How did you find your way? How did you find something that you could really get interested in? And um, Emily, I'm gonna ask you if you would contribute to that question. Yeah, sure. Um, Watchmen was an interesting experience for me because I've never been big into superhero plot lines or comic books for that matter. Um, but as I watched, I found that the music was just so in your face and they made such interesting choices of mixing you know, really popular and modern music with, you know, old styles of jazz and just older music in general. And I just thought that was such an interesting, you know, mix that they, you know, purposefully used. And I thought the music added a lot to the scenes. And that's kind of how I found what I really wanted to look into. That's great, thank you. Um, Anna, I was wondering if you could speak to this question. Yeah, so I watched Watchmen before this class and I was always interested in eggs. Um, so that really just came super easy for me. Once I heard that we're doing our own research, I was immediately like, yes, eggs, like this is what I wanna do. So it was, um, again, like really easy and um, it produced a lot more than I thought it would. Um, it, I kind of had to like challenge my own research and push it further. Um, from just the analysis of it and kind of figure out what exactly the Watchmen creators are trying to say about legacy and kind of like make a statement about it. So um, that was just a nice little surprise, I think, in doing my own research for this class. Do you think you were sort of balancing between what they might have intended and what might have been more subconscious or accidental? Yeah, um, I think in my own research, I was kind of putting in my own opinions for sure, um, pushing it a little bit farther than what was just there, because I think there was um, kind of just like, you know, the baseline intention of what they're trying to say with legacy, but I kind of pushed it further, I think, and kind of related it to what I almost got out of it, me myself as the audience member. And um, more of that came out in our podcast episode, especially um, kind of almost analyzing our own brains and what we got from watching the series as a whole. I mean, I think Anna, what you're touching on for me is really kind of a cornerstone of cultural studies, which is the idea that a text is a negotiation between the creators and the and the viewers. So there's there's quite a bit, and I think as, as your podcasts have all revealed, there's quite a bit that the creators intentionally put in, but some of it then is, is then a puzzle for us to put together. And um, I wanna come back to something that, that happened um, in the process of doing the research. Uh, Emily 
noticed that the title of the group ink spots was very similar to the the kind of the technology of the Rorschach mask, which is the ink blot and the the famous Rorschach test, which is an ink blot that's been folded in half on a piece of paper. And uh, Emily, when you asked Liza Richardson the question about what that meant, were you surprised that that connection had never uh, occurred to Liza or or Damon themselves? Yeah, I was really surprised because through my research, it had seemed like every choice they made um, was really purposeful and really significant and had a lot of meaning behind it. Um, and so when they said they hadn't noticed that, it was really surprising to me. Yeah, it, it was to me too. But I think it goes to the power of interpretation and that that's sort of the creative act that all of us have been engaged in is the creative active interpretation. And so uh, you can see the connections that the creators have made are so deep and, and so rich that the that ink spots and ink blot, which seems almost obvious to us, or at least obvious to, once Emily pointed it out, I was like, oh, how did I not see that? So I, I just really want to applaud and celebrate the creative act of interpretation uh, that, that we've all done. I want to move to the topic of producing the podcast. And as we're recording today, we've published two episodes. Uh, Mira, if I could come back to you, you know, you talked about being excited about uh, taking this class because of the podcast element. As we got closer to the task of, of making the podcast, what were some thoughts that you had, you know, maybe right before uh, you and Ethan and I made our recording? Um, I think definitely the closer we got, the more, I guess, the real the realism set in of like, okay, the actual practical elements of recording a podcast are very different from my imaginary world of like, oh, we have a podcast now. So I think just getting down to the logistical elements of, of what we had to do to prepare for three people discussing a podcast or discussing a topic together. So I think that's what I started realizing more of like, we need to prepare so we can have, we can hold a conversation about our individual research interests while also making it accessible to people who don't know all the background that we know. So I think it was just figuring out how to make all the information that we wanted to share most accessible in the most understandable way is, is kind of what I realized we needed to focus on before recording. And how did that, how did that kind of change your approach to the material? Like, how would you compare writing the, the, the kind of outline of the script to say like writing, writing a paper that you might've done for a, a, an English class sometime in your past? I think, well, one element was definitely like bringing in my partner Ethan's work also into the discussion, which I wouldn't have had to focus on if I was just writing a paper. So I think there was a lot more figuring out where each of us could contribute to whatever we were talking about. So there was a lot more of a like collaboration, but also like understanding what the other person's work was about. And I think there was a lot less rigidity with the script for a discussion as opposed to a paper. So I think there was a lot more room for discussion, taking it where we'll go the day of, as opposed to just putting down a very rigid script. So I think that's some of the differences that I noticed. 
All right. Um, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, uh, Kleitze, I was wondering if you could reflect um, at all and, and, and maybe after Kleitze, uh, Christina, what was the process of working together on uh, a, a podcast with the title Women and, and, and Power? Uh, what was that process like for you? I think it was um, a very interesting process. I think we all had diff our different take on how Watchmen portrayed women characters. And I think we all had different perspective and it really worked well together when we have these conversational um, uh, uh, talks and discussions about our topics. Um, Christina, what, what would you add to that? Um, I would just mostly agree. I think coming up with the title is kind of easy. Just, I feel like it was something we created. We all just agreed on from the start. So that was a, a pretty good take from that. Yeah, I felt like um, of all the groups, the three of you sort of had the most overlaps in, in your perspectives. So where, where I saw some differences, I also saw a lot of um, just kind of synergy and agreement. Um, so Anna, I want to kind of compare that to your group where um, one of you was was writing about nostalgia, one of you was was researching uh, Damon Lindelof's career and you were interested in eggs. I felt like the three of you really had to kind of work hard to to find the connections between your topics. Is that is that correct? Yeah, definitely. Um, it's really funny and kind of ironic because we started from this place where it's really difficult to find questions. And so we were like, let's just try to go for a conversational podcast. And then that podcast turned out to be two and a half hours. <laughs> so we had to re-record, um, obviously, because that would be an editing nightmare. But it was um, when you just get people to talk about something as broad as like legacy with Watchmen, you're going to have really lengthy and um, deep conversations about the show. So even though our research topics were all pretty like niche and very specific to our interests, um, we were able to just kind of zoom out and broaden our discussion. So it wasn't just us sharing our research, but rather talking um, with each other from like a film student perspective about the show. That's great. I appreciate, I, I, I do feel like I sort of forced the three of you together and I appreciate the work you put into uh, making that happen and making those connections. Um, I want to uh, put Max on the spot uh, because Max is our composer. He created original music for our podcast and we're all so grateful to Max for that. Um, Max, could you talk a little bit about your process? How did you think about like what kind of sound you would want to create for this? Sure, yeah. Um, uh, I kind of thought of just like your classic superhero kind of themes. Like they always have some sort of like rhythmic drive, like like Superman, like dum ba dum bum ba dum da 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 da, -da, -da. like something like that, you know. Um, a lot of superhero movies have that, or it's a lot of like repetition like that. Um, so I kind of started with that and then just added these different layers to almost give like an orchestral kind of soundtrack, which is what the show kind of showed. Um, but like with my own music, um, and I tried to keep it like kind of upbeat and, um, and 
I had like an intro and an outro and the outro was more kind of energetic to like give energy to go to the next episode kind of thing. Um, but yeah, it was, it was just a lot of like layering different rhythms and instruments just to give it like more depth and stuff. That makes me think we sort of talked about how kind of the jazz in episode six mirrors the idea of different characters kind of handing off the solos to each other. And Max, as you're describing the music, it kind of reminds me of, of sort of a, a metaphor or like a symbol of all of the students in the class working together to create this podcast by creating all these these different instruments. I mean, you're doing it through technology, but you gave it a very big feel, even though you were kind of doing it all on your own. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I thought that was like a really cool thing in the series. Like every, like what Emily was saying before, every single music choice was intentional. And um, it really, it gave a lot of cohesion to the show and it gave a lot of, um, you know, there are a lot of reoccurring themes that came back with different characters and um, we would, you know, we would be able to attribute different emotions of the music to the show or sometimes there was dissonance with that, which creates these cool film elements. So it was, it, it re I think it was the glue to the show. And what you're saying, Max, it, it would make me kind of hope that for all of us, when we're thinking about any piece of culture, that, that we don't take it for granted, that we think about all the work and all the, the thought behind it that, that goes into it. Um, so just a, a few questions uh, to sort of wrap up here. Um, uh, Katie, I, I wanna turn to you. I've, I've relied on you a lot in the class because you are the only person in our entire class who's ever made a podcast before. Could you reflect a little bit on what you've learned by working with such a large team? Yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely just been a learning curve because I'm kind of used to doing everything by myself for my own podcast, um, like all of the branding, all of the media and promotional stuff, all of the editing and producing. I'm just kind of used to doing that by myself. Um, so it was definitely, you know, it was fun to have a lot more people involved. And it's also exciting because we get to have so many engaging conversations about so many different topics. So I'm like really grateful for that community aspect, um, part of this podcast. That's great. And I think I just want to do kind of a quick round robin. So what you're thinking about is one thing that you learned from somebody else, and it could be a skill it could be uh, a, an idea from the show. Kirabel, if I can start with you. I would say one thing I learned um, from someone else in this class was how impactful Watchmen, um, the original comic series was in how we see superheroes and superhero stories to this day. Uh, that wasn't something that I was aware of uh, how much it, it how much impact it had had on the entire comic book industry. Great, thank you. I have to say that's something that I learned as well. Thank you, Kirabel. Um, Ethan, how about for you? One thing that you learned from somebody else. Ethan, would you like another minute to think about this and I'll come back to you? Okay, Anna, what's one thing that you learned from somebody else? 
Um, yeah, I'm sure I'm gonna think of a better answer and like be kicking myself later. But um, yeah, I was definitely thinking about the comic book. Um, I'm also something that like always attracted me to this series was just like the blending of like a fictional narrative with history um, and how to execute that and like a tasteful way and um, make the work more meaningful. So that's just something I'm super attracted to in my own work and seeing how it's portrayed on TV and film. I appreciate that, Anna, because I have to say, I really think that's why I chose this show to do a whole class on that. I was so surprised to see a, a historical event that that I had known about, but I knew that wasn't very well known. The 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 Tulsa massacre of of 1921 to see that represented, but it's it's then in a backstory. It's a backstory of a of a superhero that um, previously to this show I wouldn't have really known about or been that interested in. So so thank you for that. You've really kind of Put, put your finger on why I was so attracted to this series as, a, as something to do an entire class on. Um, Emily, what's, what's one thing that you can say that somebody else uh, uh, taught you or made you realize in this class? Yeah, this is definitely a, a broad answer, but I think I just learned more about kind of the impactfulness of media in general. Um, we all watched and read the exact same, you know, series and comic and all had such different reactions and responses to it. Um, and I think it's just really cool how, you know, we can all learn from each other, just how this one piece of media, you know, impacted us all differently. Great. Thank you. I appreciate that. That's a, it's a really good point. Um, I was fascinated by the different approaches that everybody wanted to take to their own research. Um, Kleitzi, what's something that you think you learned from somebody else in this class? Um, I found that Ethan's presentation on color made a huge impression on me. Um, I thought it was very interesting how Watchmen used color palette to preserve the legacy of the comic while making adaptations um, so it's fit for the TV and making its own uh, innovations in colors. And I thought just super interesting how I never thought color could convey so much information. Um, I appreciate that, Clytesy. And one thing I think we lost in the podcast is we, Ethan had all these amazing charts and graphs and and showing like the formulas and the different the the different numbers that the colors were associated with, and that's something I felt like we couldn't fully preserve in the podcast. So that was. Um, kind of a letdown for me, and you know, maybe if if this if this kind of class continues, maybe we'll get into the the video space. Uh, but for now, I'm I'm pretty happy with with sticking to the to the to the audio space. Uh, but thank you for that uh, observation, um, Christina. What's something uh, you feel like you learned from somebody else in the class? Um. I felt like I learned at least something from everyone in the class, you know, from symbolism and like different ways to interpret things in the Watchmen. Um, I learned a lot from, I guess, the video des design team or video specialist team on, on like 
how to record a podcast and how to like thread things together. So I think that's kind of, I, I learned a lot from at least something from everyone. Oh, that's great. I mean, a class is uh, at its essence, a, a collective enterprise. And I think as someone who's very interested in collectivity, I think that's one of the things I love about teaching is that it really is bringing a group of people together and seeing what we can do. Um, and uh, uh, I think that that's, um, yeah, that that's just a really uh, a really cool aspect of, of being part of a, of a college, college class community. Um, uh, so Ethan, can I come back to you? Uh, the question on the table is, uh, what's something that you learned from somebody else in the class? Let's see. Uh, well, first thing that jumps to mind, and apologies if this isn't a super precise answer, but a lot of the deliverables they typically make for classes like this are usually end of term papers or end of term projects that are usually just a dressed up paper in some sense. The working working with a team to create a podcast with a much different structure, much different presentation, and working to and working to figure out how to bounce one person's research off of another. That that was a very educational experience, for lack of a better word. I'm, I'm so heavily used to presenting things in a very particular way and with a very particular set of, okay, this is my research. And now at the opportunity to work with the team and figure out how to properly set up an entirely different medium with an entirely, with a very, with very different goals, varied research. It was a, it was a very uh, insightful experience. That's great. Thank you for sharing that. Um, all right. Uh, let's see if I could come to you, Max, uh, what's something that you, uh, think that you learned from somebody else? I think the, the biggest thing was what I learned from you, Dr. Newman, about researching. Um, I, I was used to only looking at like scholarly resources or I was only looking at like a very specific set of websites. And then, um, you had shown me that I could look at all these interviews, um, and once I was reading through them, through the transcripts, that's when I started getting like twice the amount of information and like a lot more specific information for this kind of thing. So that really helped when understanding about like the um, music supervision and like the music production of the show. So it was, it was, I learned a lot about like the kind of research that could be done for this kind of thing. I appreciate that, Max. You know, it. I'm somebody who studies the history of how things get produced. And this is such a golden age where there's so much information about, about how contemporary media are being produced, but you have to find it in like other pop culture sources in, in, in podcasts and, and vodcasts. And uh, for some reason, the, the, the publication Vulture has like a hundred articles about Watchmen. I haven't figured out why Vulture was, was so uh, crazy for Watchmen, but I appreciate uh, you sharing that because I do think that we, we had to go to sort of non-traditional, non-academic sources to get our information. Um, so uh, Mira, what is something that you think you learned from somebody else in the class? Um, I think, well, there's just a lot of 
content about the Watchmen that I learned, like a lot of different threads and ideas that people drew from the Watchmen. I know that some people drew philosophical ideas and I, I was just really impressed by how much there was to take from the Watchmen. But I think, think also kind of adding on to what Max was saying, I really learned to allow myself to like overanalyze things and like look at things much closely because I know that's something that, that you really um, harped on to to allow us to really go wild with our theories. And I think that was something that I really appreciated because I was so used to having to stick to the hard facts and like really limit myself. So I think I really appreciated being given free reign over what we could look at. Uh, I, I appreciate that. Thank you, Mira. Yeah, I am, I am of the opinion that at least um, it's it's pretty rare in my experience that Carnegie Mellon undergraduates uh, overanalyze anything. I think there's a lot of maybe fear or tentativeness about making claims. And so I did really just encourage you to 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 go with your gut and 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 then you found the evidence for your theories and and you found some of those that hard that hard fat those hard facts, that hard evidence. So I just want to thank all of you. Uh, I want to say that I have learned from each and every one of you. Uh, I've learned, um, I, I think this has been, a, I think we could all agree, this has been a really difficult semester. The, 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 the going into the second year of this global health emergency and this pandemic has been uh, physically, emotionally, and psychologically so draining and so taxing. And I just wanna thank each and every one of you for the work and the heart and uh, kind of the labor and the emotional labor uh, and just the, 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 the generosity you've shown uh, to me and to each other in this project. So I just wanna end this uh, conversation with a big thank you to you and I think we've had a discussion that uh, I really look forward to um, making into the, the final episode uh, of our podcast. Professor Newman told us earlier today that making a podcast has been so much work that she's not sure she ever wants to do it again. I really hope she does do it again. Actually, I pray at night that she does it again because it, it was really cool. Um, but I want to thank you, Katie, for being such a great co-host and for all of your audio editing work as well. We would not have this podcast without you and all of the work that you do. So thank you so much. Oh, thank you so much, Christina. It has been an incredible experience for me as well. And you've been an excellent co-host. I've had such a blast. Thanks for your leadership and all the work you have put into this too. Like I said, it's been so much fun. And thanks, of course, to our wonderful leader and producer and fabulous professor Newman for letting us go outside the boundaries of the traditional English class assignment and not assigning us papers. Um, and for just being such a great supporter of our ideas and helping us with all of our research and putting all of this together. And, you know, I feel like I've really been able to put something out there. So thank you, Professor Newman. And to all of our listeners, thank you for being here, not just today, but for hopefully all of these episodes. And we hope you've enjoyed Tartan's Watch the Watchmen. <laughs>
Thank you.